As storytellers and dreamers, there is always magic to discover. Once upon a time, a Las Vegas showgirl and a comedian magician figured out that even with different perspectives, our adventures and experiences together are really just one big caper. Welcome back to One Big Caper. I am Felix, this is my partner Athena, and this is an interactive program, more or less unscripted. We are back once again with another unscripted but prompted topic Yes. to, to just discuss and, yes. and regale for you. Uh, it was in 2017 that I had been working in the world of burlesque for many years at that point. In fact, I did 13 years total, so that would have been year 11 for me. And uh, that is how we met one another, and I worked with uh, all kinds of uh, interesting characters through those years, as you can probably imagine. Uh, but they were not only friends, but uh, an interesting resource. I was inspired uh, by... That's a weird thing to say, it's, it's to be inspired by somebody's passing. But when uh, Hugh Hefner died... I I kind of wondered, you know, we did a lot of theme shows, uh, a lot of themed burlesque shows, and uh, I wondered why the Playboy empire had not been used. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah it, had, it hadn't Nothing. really come up in, in any of these themed shows. I was in a Gilligan's Island themed burlesque show. Yeah. Uh, so we, we certainly did a lot of uh, strange subjects. In fact, I don't think younger people even know what Gilligan's Island I is anymore. Do. Yeah, yeah, so I barely do. Uh, nevertheless, I was inspired to create some kind of homage, not necessarily to Hugh Hefner, uh, which became a, a, a kind of a problem in, in the creation of this production, but uh, yeah. uh, more to pay homage to the the women of the Playboy Enterprise, and really they were the stars anyway, right? I mean, the, yeah. Playboy barely exists anymore, but it was a huge deal. I don't think that uh, younger people really recognize how big Playboy was in its heyday. Yeah. Uh, just just a giant Culturally and societally, like, yeah. to, it was a big deal. Yeah. A little taboo. Uh, understandably, because of the 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 meat of the organization, I suppose that's a terrible thing to say. Uh, it comes from Esquire magazine and Hugh Hefner's uh, employment at Esquire when he was younger, and uh, they declined to give him a raise that he requested, so yep. he quit and went and created his own magazine. Yep. And I won't bother to bore you with a whole lot of the history, but we have several things to share. And we have a special little bonus to, to offer here. To our subscribers. Yeah, so we'll get to that. I, I will absolutely let you know what that bonus is to our subscribers. And uh, I will tell you that we're excited to share that. It's oh. been a while. It's, it's from the vaults. Yes, and I will clarify email subscribers. Not, email subscribers. Not subscribers on the platforms. We do want you to subscribe on the platforms, of course, but uh, if you subscribe to a non-intrusive email, we'll send you a little something. And I'll mm -hmm. tell you what that is by the end of this. Yeah. Um, what would you like to share about our experience? I went to Athena with my idea. 
I thought it was a great idea. <laughs> and she liked it. Uh, yeah. I mean, at the time, we were starting to get into producing shows together. This is our first big one. First, together. it was a big one. Yeah, it was yeah. big. <laughs> Goodness. Six weeks. Uh, we talk about all this in our special bonus feature that we will tell you about. But I, from the time we started working together and playing together, it's not really work, it's play. It's experimenting, it's figuring out as artists like what we can can and cannot get away with. Well, we learned we cannot get away with doing a tribute to a misogynist. <laughs> that wasn't really what we wanted the show to be about. We wanted the show to be about the empire and that the he women. created. Yeah, he created. Well, we had to shift it towards the women and make it about the magazine anyway. But this man had an idea. And granted, it was at the... In, a, in some people's eyes, the exploitation of women, the women's body, and women's sexuality and power, these women were actually, that were part of the empire uh, as bunny girls at the clubs and, and uh, the playmates, were empowered at a time where women didn't even own their own bank accounts. Like, we learned all of this just from researching this you know, the empire, just researching, well, what can we put in the show that is going to teach people about Playboy? So originally it was a seasonal tribute to this misogynist, and then the the uh, venue was like they wanted to cancel the show, and I think I was like two or three bunny suits in. I made custom bunny suits for the cast, and we handpicked our cast, and we had this whole idea, and we said this is this is going to be a a group effort to create the show and I I thought it was inspired like an inspired idea because all the other theme shows out there in burlesque are just like hey this is the theme throw in whatever you think might fit I have created acts I had created up to that point acts based on um David Bowie so there was a whole David Bowie tribute show that we did and all you had to do was do an act to one of his songs. Uh, I've done Halloween-themed shows, uh, beach-themed, 20s-themed. I always had something to go into these kinds of shows with because I stayed in a certain, in my brand, a certain like genre. So most themed shows, they just say, like, here's the theme. Uh, we want you to do two acts. But we went further, and that's why I wanted to do this episode, because we went past what we've ever seen any burlesque troupe do, with the exception of the, the burlesque nutcracker. I think they call it the buttcracker. It's in Seattle. I don't know if they still do it, but they do a full, as far as I understand, a full-length nutcracker, but burlesque style. Um... But most theme shows in burlesque, because there is no budget, <laughs> there's no wardrobe department, There's uh, the director is not really a director, it's rather, what would you say, not even a producer. I, I would say the person who uh, is in charge of... What's a cast, cat, it's a cat cast, wrangler. A cat wrangler, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so this person relies on the art and... Um, 
Each cast member is their own director, yes. their own choreographer, their right. own costumer. Right. Yeah. And so we we handpicked the people that we knew were really strong at doing that, at directing and creating really good acts. And then we added the level, the extra layer that is kind of our forte. It's our, our is, signature. It's our signature. Yeah. Thank you. Is uh, the edutainment part uh, where we're actually edutaining. It, we're providing... Uh, education on top of the entertainment and so we dove into history we did I still have that pin board of uh, that we did I think maybe I, I threw it away but I invited everyone to collaborate on the pin board and I pinned articles about Playboy uh, when uh, what's her name went undercover as a Playboy bunny she was a feminist was Walters no, no. Um, gosh what is I can't remember her name now why am I blinking wasn't Barbara Walters. It wasn't. Okay. <laughs> um, Gloria Steinem. Thank you. Gloria Steinem. That's right. Uh, wait, and we can so, link that, right? That's still up, so we can just yeah, put a link to Yeah, we'll to put that a link if to you're that. Curious. But we were, we. I mean, when we originally started to, because he pulled me in as a co-creator, it was his idea. He went to the venue and said, "I have this great idea," and they said, "Okay, this is your show." This is the date you can have. Gave us six weeks. and Yeah, six weeks. Six that weeks. was ambitious. <laughs> um, but the more we, at least for me, this is how I felt, the more I dove into the history of the magazine, more, more about the magazine and the, sh- the stuff that Hugh Hefner had to deal with with regards to the laws at the time and culture and what was appropriate and considered obscene. I mean, it was really interesting reading for me at least because I don't know. I just, I feel like this country in particular is very scared of sexuality and sensuality and the female form specifically. I mean, in Paris, you'd go you'd see a billboard there's not a lot of billboards like there are here in america but you'd see a sign or a billboard with nipples you could see the woman's nipples but that that you wouldn't see that anywhere even in las vegas in this like in this country like we're so terrified yeah we nudity we can go on for days about the charade of puritanical behavior in this country but uh uh that's you know we it was a a dangerous subject to yeah. to tackle, uh-huh. I suppose. Uh-huh. Uh, and and that was proven in the beginning because by concept alone, we experienced uh, that someone else was trying to kind of sabotage, sabotage our yeah. production, uh, <laughs> which is fascinating. But It is fascinating. Uh, we still pulled it off. <laughs> yeah. We still presented the show several times. Five I think times. it was a, a solid product. I mean, yeah. really a beautiful, solid, polished product product and uh, could still be playing now if it weren't for a couple of other things really but uh, uh, we had a fantastic cast uh, a really uh, wonderful and dedicated cast there were group numbers uh, there was an immersive element to it it was yeah. uh, it was fantastic but it turned out that that was one of the ways that Athena and I learned about each other and yeah. one of the things that we have in common one of the core things that we have in common is our attention to detail and being thorough 
and high level of craftsmanship. And that goes for not just tangible things, but craftsmanship as a whole. Yeah. Uh, and the fact that we both love to put a little medicine in the sugar. Uh, we, <laughs> we, we like to uh, provide edutainment. Yeah. Uh, we, we went really far with this production, which is, I, I'm, I'm holding uh, one of the, the keys to the, the first Playboy Club uh, Athena made these cufflinks. This is the suit that I wore in the first half of the show, uh, and these cufflinks are very meticulously handcrafted by Athena, and she Meticulous. made them for all of the bunnies, and mine are special because they were uh, reversed. So the bunnies had black with a silver bunny, uh, mine are reversed, and they're, and they're special, and this is what I wore in the first half of the show. Yeah. Although I went without eyeglasses. Yeah, you did. Which is weird for me, so I couldn't see. <laughs> uh, but in the 60s, only squares wore eyeglasses. Right. Yep. Right. Yep. Mm -hmm. So uh, this is this was my, my 60s. Yeah, and I... I when you say this, this show could probably still be running, I'm sure it could. It was a solid if production. We, really, had we could sell an investor of some sort that would tour we could totally tour the I show think, i think we could sell the show would be would be fun yeah uh, oh one of the great things too uh, also collaborative work uh were the posters that we created for <sighs> that show uh there were at least five different posters yeah because we did and, it five times yeah so yeah uh, they're really terrific they're yeah. really good good yeah. creations i guess that's an opportunity for us to put up a, a still or a couple but yeah we can we can let them know what the what our little gift is. If you sign up for the email subscription to One Big Caper at onebigcaper.com, we will let you know that one of the additional collaborative efforts that we put together for the Bunny Brigade show was uh, a full-length documentary about the show. The about creation the of the show, the early parts of the show, early re rehearsals all the way up to and through the first production. Yeah first presentation first of our presentation. production yeah. yeah and we released that the last time i believe we performed the show the, the last time or the second to last time it was it was the last it was time. a different it was a different venue mm -hmm. yeah 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 and uh yeah that i mean even making the documentary was fun like it was a just this building this creation it just was like yeah, it's so kind of my first real effort in film editing at all. Oh, God, yeah. Uh, and there's a big learning curve there. Huge. Uh, the film editing, also while trying to get the show to the stage for the last time, you know, we had we had a fun interactive uh, element that we talk about in the show, and the reason that came about was because the original venue that we started at has a VIP experience that they upsell tickets to and we were charged with coming up with a vip experience so that they could charge you know vip ticket prices so we uh, nailed that we did i yeah. think it's the best vip experience i ever saw at that venue mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> uh in my opinion like i think it was uh not only was it an interactive experience with the performers and the the um, VIPs, but also it could be shared socially, which, you know, I, I'm sure people could share, like, hey, I went to this venue that last night and I saw the burlesque show and I got to get up on stage and shimmy. 
but we branded the photos mm -hmm. so that they could share then. So it was like that extra marketing. That was very clever. Very, yeah. very clever. So it was like, it was hard. It was probably one of the hardest things we've ever done to date. Even, even this podcast is easy compared to that. But it was because we had a cast of, what, there were seven bunnies? Six bunnies. Five plus the kitten. Yeah. So we had six bunnies. And then uh, the kitten, well, the kitten was yeah considered a bunny. And then you. And, you know, creating our set list and the group act and... It was a relatively small cast. Yeah. Uh, everybody had two acts plus a group act, so it was a it was a it was a terrific product, really a wonderful product. Uh, it's a shame that it is no longer, but it also represents one of the experiences that uh, caused us both to move away from the world of burlesque. Yeah, yeah. I think it was mostly uh, finding that um, there was sabotage at that venue, <clears> and then. The second venue didn't appreciate the, kind of the, uh, I don't know. What, they, uh, the play They involved. had been miseducated in terms of, of you know, our, our production, Bunny Brigade, was more theatrical. Yeah. Uh, and they were more used to, uh, with burlesque, just kind of the flashbang. Yeah. Um, yeah. Body risque behavior and, and that's it with no storyline or anything so uh, Bunny Brigade as a themed production had a storyline and a thread through it and yeah, and, uh, and I ranted from stage about a couple of subjects and threw magazines around and uh, yeah you yeah. you brought out your dad's old magazines <laughs> yeah I, well I got on my soapbox a little bit about uh, yeah, obscenity, about obscenity and, mm -hmm. and pornography yeah yeah so that yeah it was uh I don't know. I think that was the start of, for us, what we want to bring to the world as entertainers. Yeah. You know, like it's, I, I mean, especially if, even in your show, you've been doing that. It's an autobiographical show. The show that I do now. That you do. Yeah. 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 And has been that way, I think, since I've known you. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and now all of a sudden, all of these magicians are starting to do that. And it's just, it's funny to me that, you know, we've, I think we, I think Bunny Brigade as a whole was ahead of its time, but I don't know. Like, I don't know what people are producing anymore. I don't go to see burlesque shows, but, um, and I don't even know if burlesque is still live after the pandemic. I know. There was no, it's a, not the same. Nothing's the same. A death rattle. Yeah. Nothing is the same. <laughs> Um, it was a fantastic production. We even got some uh, terrific compliments from people who saw the show. Mm -hmm. um, one in mind is uh, a person who, as a performer in burlesque, said that it was her favorite all-time burlesque production. Really? Yeah, to this day. What? Yeah. Darla uh, holds it in, in high oh. regard. Yeah. Yep. Thank you, Darla. Yep. Hope you watch and listen to the podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, well, wow. But I, I think it's because it makes you think. You're not just there. So as entertainers, our job is to help you vacate from life. 
even just for two hours, hour and a half. Mm-hmm. It's our job is to let help you forget of the troubles outside, and you know, with the 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 reckoning or whatever I've been calling it, we haven't had that. We haven't had. Oh, we've had Netflix, and the, you know, you can get lost in all of these worlds that directors and producers have created, and writers and all of these artists have created. But I think that for us, putting that show out there was not just to create another great show, but it was also to teach people like to question things because that's what he did as a publisher. Like he pushed the envelope. He just kept pushing and pushing the envelope. They started the magazine that way. Uh, I have objections with how he launched the magazine. Oh, Uh, with uh, Marilyn? Yeah. 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 I I really, it's a shame, but... uh, And... I mean, that's just, I think, part of the toxic capitalism. He made up for it. He took good care of her later. Really? Yeah. Well, did you know that he's buried in the crypt next to her? That's, I did not I know that. I just read that when I, I was... Didn't. Yeah, so he bought the crypt next to Marilyn Monroe in 1992, I believe, for $75,000. Hmm. I had so no So he idea. could be buried there at Westwood. Interesting. Yeah. Um, so I guess maybe he did feel bad that he did that to her. I don't know. He took care of her, like in life. But um, to give you the short version of the story, he needed a cover girl for his new magazine, mm-hmm. and uh, which he had to rename. Uh, it, it was. I don't remember. It had a different title. Nevertheless, oh, uh, his yeah. cover girl was uh, Marilyn Monroe. Photographs that were taken before she was a superstar. Yeah. And uh, it was a, from a photo shoot for a calendar, and he just bought the rights to use the photo from the publisher. So, was it like uh, $500 or something? Norma Jean signed, uh, signed away her rights to the photographs, and so they were, they were up for grabs. So now she's super famous, and he's able to use her as a cover girl in a magazine because he bought rights to old photos, uh, and, and that was the launch. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's typical... That's, uh, yeah. Patriarchal, misogynist behavior. Fair enough, yes. <laughs> yeah. So, nevertheless, uh, they, Playboy did a, a lot of great things for the country and culture, uh, certainly in terms of civil rights and mm-hmm. uh, yes. uh, women's lib. And, uh, yeah, so they, they did yeah. some, some great things for our country and actually had a measurable effect. Oh, for sure. Like, not, not just like, oh, it's a girly magazine, but, I mean, there were... Writers that became more famous from because like uh, was it Shel Silverstein? Shel Silverstein. Uh, yeah. Roald Dahl. Uh, they had writings in the magazine, so it was just like it did boost our culture in a way mm-hmm. that uh, in a weird way, like how in an it, interesting way. Yeah, how yeah. it happened. There that, was medicine in the sugar. <laughs> there, yes, exactly. <laughs> And, you know, I, I still am, am inspired by the women that were bunnies and uh, and playmates, mostly the bunny girls in the clubs, because those women were making more than their husbands. Mm-hmm. Yep, and it's a, it's a tight sorority. They still have they reunions. St- yes, yeah. And it, it reminds me, it parallels uh, the, the, the showgirls. Sure. And the bluebells, because... Sure. You know, they're, you know, small groups of us are very, very tight-knit. But 
that's the power of women. And I think that he recognized that. And yes, he did exploit it with the magazine. But it also, because of that coming together of that female power, like, it took the world by storm. Like, you can buy Playboy with a little bunny emblem anything anything in the world you can still you can buy i don't know like it's all knockoffs but and i don't believe there's a playboy club that exists anymore i think the one in vegas closed they reopened it and then closed it within the last year or two because of of the reckoning (laughs) so i i don't know do you have anything else to say about our show that we did it was it was a great experience and certainly one of the relationship builders that that yeah. we have experienced together yeah. um, and it was a viable product I still think it could be running but um, I don't know well, I mean we still have the costumes it's a it's a good product we still <laughs> they are custom costumes so it would uh, require fitting in fact uh, well I mentioned that this is the suit that I wore I can tell you that since then the pants have shrunk a little pants don't shrink <laughs> <laughs> How many years? Five years. Five years. December, what, 12th, 14th? Something like that. You remember better than I. Yeah, it was mid-December. And it was a Sunday. And that that show debuted, and it was magical. Yeah. Yeah, the cast was just phenomenal. The acts that they created, like, each of them brought an older act or created a new act Mm -hmm. for it. And each act, they they created for it was in tribute to one of the playmates, mm-hmm. which was beautiful. Yep. Yeah. So. Thanks for tuning in to One Big Caper. Reach us any old time. We can't keep doing this without you. Give us just a little bit of your time by subscribing, sharing, rating, or talking about One Big Caper with someone else. We truly appreciate your support. We want to hear your stories. Visit OneBigCaper.com to get to know us even more. This episode of One Big Caper was published in 2022. All rights to broadcast in whole or in part are the property of Gazellus Productions, LLC.